All right, welcome guys. This is the uh, episode two of the Untamed Podcast. This is our second one. We feel a little bit more comfortable now. Uh, but today we're going to be discussing um, aggressive bow hunting strategies. Uh, Josh in particular hunts extremely aggressive. He kind of brought me onto it. And today we got here with us Zach. Um, you've seen him, of course, in our turkey videos and our uh, bear hunting videos and stuff like that. And uh, he doesn't hunt as aggressively, I guess, as Josh. You know, Josh just kind of glasses one and goes at it. Um, kind of areas Zach hunts. He uh, he is more of a, I guess, you know, a tree stand hunter type approach. Yeah. And so uh, we're going to be kind of talking about that. We're going to be talking about um, Josh's hunt last year. If y'all haven't seen it yet, of course, it's on our channel um, where he uh, he kills a buck from the ground, you know, in his ghillie suit, and he's got Jay behind him filming him, and uh, it's a pretty crazy video, but we're going to get more into that later. So, yeah. Uh, where do you want to go from here? Well, I was just going to comment that Zach does hunt with us, bear hunting and turkey hunting, but we're not privy yet to his deer hunting locations and tactics. <laughs> now, Zach, giving Zach credit, let everybody know kind of about Zach, has killed some absolute monsters here in southern West Virginia. Um yeah, I mean, and that's what you know Zach believes in because it's always worked for him, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's I just never. I wouldn't say that I didn't have the opportunity to hunt like you guys. Yeah, and it's not that you don't hunt aggressive; it's just a different style. It's just a different tactic. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yep. it's there's all kinds of different options for everybody. Yeah, it's yep. just that what has worked for you, and and that's what I want the listeners to understand is. You have had major success yeah. at the way you hunt yeah. um, here in southern West Virginia. And you hunted in Illinois too, right? Yes. Hunted, uh, uh, with or without success? Just depends on what you define success as. Well, right. success for me is, and I, you know, everybody knows I'm an opportunist. I, I mean, you're, you're a different hunter than I am because you're, you're more on the, what I consider on the trophy end. Yeah, uh, On whitetails. I had uh, I had a lot of opportunities out there. Uh, that's a place. The parts that I was hunting out in Illinois, it's it would be tough to try to try to hunt the way you hunt, you right? Know, on like in this video, uh, where it's so flat, there's no the terrain don't help you at all. Uh, so, but I had success out there. I seen a lot of had a lot, had a lot of opportunities, but I never connected seen a lot of monster bucks yeah well getting i mean getting back on the deer uh not that we're big into scores and stuff but what's what's some of the deer you know that you've killed for people that might not know i've killed i've killed my fair share i guess for my age uh i've killed several several bucks in you know right around 160 yeah 165 uh they don't come around often you know they're elusive and hard to hard to pattern and but that's going back to what you said that's but that's I, what you do and that's I mean, like I, that's what i've had success i can't at. remember uh four years ago we were having breakfast at bob evans and it was nine thirty or 10 in the morning yep that was and that. you said i'm gonna go out this evening i said you're gonna go out in this storm you said i'm going out this evening he said that big buck that i've been hunting he's gonna come in and Lo and behold, <laughs> you killed him that evening. Yep, that was 
That was the notorious first cold snap, you know, in October. And that's, I've actually, I've killed two bucks like that. And, you know, and that was, was that the probably mid-October when we had, and that was, yeah. it was a freak <clears throat> snow that we had. Uh, and I think it dumped six or seven, eight inches. Yeah, there was snow drifts up on that mountain. It was 20 inches deep. Yeah. And uh, it was wet and nasty. If you remember, it was like 35, 36 degrees. And everything was melting. And he, you know, like he said, we was at Bob Evans eating breakfast. And he said, you're crazy. You're going out in this? I said, yep, because he will be there. And sure enough, he, he was. I mean, you, you killed him that evening. But yep. tell tell some of the listeners, Zach, um, because you do take that more conventional, traditional approach to tree stand hunting. Um, what do you take into consideration? Because you, for me, there's days that, I mean, everybody rides you going, man, why ain't you out of hunting? Well, it's not right for me. Well. And what what are some of the things that you look at or consider on for your information in order to, hey, it's time for me to go out and hunt? Because obviously you found success in it. Fronts is, is one of the big things, weather-wise. You know, I watch for fronts coming in. Uh, and, I, I mean, a lot of it's basic. If you, you know, if I, a deer is just like anything else, they don't want to move in a storm. You know what I'm saying? But they'll move. If you, you know, if you look and you see a, some kind of major storm coming, you're going to get out and go do your thing before you, before that storm hits. Well, yeah, it's like getting your bread and milk before yeah, the storm hits. exactly. <laughs> and yeah. animals the same way. You know, he's going to, you know, he's going to be out moving before that. He knows that that's coming. Um, and tree stand hunting like I do. Uh, you got to take a different approach. Uh, wind is a big factor. Um, the way you do, the way you hunt compared to the way I hunt, uh, you know, if the wind's wrong, you have an opportunity to change that. A lot of times I don't have that opportunity. And that's that goes back to, like you were saying, people give me a hard time, why ain't you hunting and you got this big buck? A lot of times you can't. You, know, you can't go in there. Um it's tough because you just got to suck up your pride and go chase bears or do whatever, cut grass or something. <laughs> uh, but, like, and I, we're talking about the difference between ground hunting and tree stand hunting, but even if I was in a tree stand, and that's what, I mean, this this could really be a great conversation, but with my aggressiveness, I would move my stand. Instead of keying in where you always catch the deer on your cameras, you know, you always catch them at those crossings. If I couldn't hunt that crossing with with me, my mentality, um, I would move to them to where I could hunt. But, but you have a real patience. That's the key. You do have to be. It, it's just it is a patience thing. Uh, but it is... It, a lot of times, especially down here in southern West Virginia, it's the area too. You might not be, you know, you might be hunting. You might have X amount of acres that you can hunt. And if you're on that edge and that deer's coming from this way, from, the, you know, off of the land you can hunt, then you're fouled. You know, yeah. you just got to you gotta suck it up. And, and sometimes you have that opportunity where, like you said, you can be aggressive and, and move your stand. You know, or have two or three different setups, and sometimes you can't. 
just depends on on the deer um, which direction he's coming where he's bedding at uh, what he's feeding on and i know you all have talked about it before i heard you and zach talking about it uh zach from the hunting public is yeah. what he's referring to yeah i heard you all talking about what how much of a difference what kind of uh food they have you know oh yeah i mean it changes changes uh, everything your our, everybody's hunting tactics if mass hits in southern west virginia absolutely changes um, completely 360 yeah and where the where the deer are now they're not going to be this fall um because right now i mean the deer are just browsing yeah yeah they've got you know they've got right now they've Honey got suckle. Un- unlimited stuff to yeah just munch on more yeah. or less right uh, uh something i'd like to hear you talk about and then you brought it up to me before is uh you know it was a few years ago i can't remember if it was like 15 or 14 or whatever i didn't even know you at the time but you were you were bear hunting you know and of course y'all see our hound videos where it was with hounds and you jumped a buck up out of his bed and then you came back and later uh you know hung a camera on that deer and hung a stand on him and killed him yeah that was that was uh i don't know what the word for it would be but that'd be a struck of luck <laughs> well, that's, a, that's what my brother said. Not a struck of luck to kill it. My brother a tells struck me struck of luck that the dogs were there and they made you come and you jumped him out my, of his bed. My brother tells me uh, <laughs> every everyone I kill when you know he's probably the first person I call or text or something. Uh, and and every time it's I'm the lucky. You're the luckiest guy I've ever met. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's I like, told him last year. I said, "When's it gonna? Is it ever gonna change to where it's from luck to?" Maybe you're just, Man, just get, successful. Give me, a, give me a little bit of credit, <laughs> yeah. old brother. Yeah. Like just, it's some skill. Yeah. yeah. So, well, but uh, the strategy a lot of people talk about as far as you know what happened to you, they call it bump and dump. I believe that's what they call it. That's just coming off the top of my head there. Uh, but basically, you, you saw the buck. You, you jumped him up out of his bed. Yep. You came back later, hung a camera on him, and then killed him. And is is that your biggest buck to date? That was my big, that's my biggest buck to date. He grossed 172. Um and that's exactly what happened, what you just said. Uh, we was bear hunting. It was early season, September season. I think it was actually the first year we had early season in southern West Virginia oh, okay. for bear. And we was just, we was walking. I was walking. I was by myself, and I was walking a, a group of dogs around. And, uh, just wait, wait, not the interruption, but you hear the key of that guy. He was by himself. So no one else knew about the deer. Yeah, yeah, I was by myself, <laughs> absolutely. He was by himself. Yeah, and... Uh, and I didn't mention anything on the radio. Yeah, that's what I'm know. getting at. You got, you got guys like Josh, you just can't mention that stuff. <laughs> so I just marked it on my Garmin. But anyways, I was walking, walking the dogs. And, uh, and the dogs actually, they, I wish I could have had it on video, because the dogs was going around an old logging road, and they took off. They started trailing up the hill. Well, I walked, of course, right to where they started up the hill, and I'm watching them. Well, all at once I hear something over to my right, and I turn, and it's a a mule's face straight up and down and right at the edge of that drop off here jumps this goliath looking buck you know and i'm 10 foot from him the dogs just went right by him and he laid right there were they were the dogs trailing that buck no they went left Kirk. <laughs> hey, in, case, in case y'all don't know that's a that's a joke for for bear hunters like us uh <laughs> zach has some puppies last year and he actually got mad at me because uh I put in a video, they struck on the box, which means they started barking. They started, they smelled something. And uh, he said, that's ah, probably a deer or something. They were, they were real young, young dogs. They don't know any better. They're learning. 
Yeah. But that's kind of a joke for a houndsman to say that to him because we don't want to run deer. Yeah, no. Kirk, Kirk decided to put that in the video. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> listen, this is when I first started. I didn't even know that was bad. I'm like, oh, cool, they smelled a deer. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that deer, he, he literally, he just stood up, and he never looked at me or anything. He stood up and jumped out of his bed and went over, out of sight. And my first thought was I looked around, and I'm literally, I'm in grapevines, poplar trees, rock piles and i'm like this is this this is where this cat lives at that was my immediate thought because there's no other reason for that deer to be sitting right there other than he's safe right there because Mm -hmm. there's there's nowhere to get no way to get to him without walking period and that was that that area i knew it was his core area i knew it so i went i marked it on my garment and i kept right on walking never checked up I told my brother, that was the only person, and uh, he, he, he knew he knew you were about to get lucky. Yeah, I was going to get lucky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he probably told people. He probably told Josh. I was probably I I I'm all, I I'm trying to think back, but I think that you told me after about a week. I may have um, that you had jumped a big buck in there, and I was like, okay. I told my brother when I jumped it when I got back to the truck. You know, we're still bear hunting, and we're just conversating. And I told him, I said, he said, well, how big is it? And I told him, I said, I don't know. I said, it had, it literally, it was the biggest deer that I had seen at the time to to this day in the woods. It was the biggest buck I'd ever seen. And I told him that, but I said, it could be, I said, it's definitely 160. I said, it could possibly be 200, honestly. I said, I don't, I said, that's, I said, I know it's a big, big range there. I said, but. He had that potential. I said, I don't know what he's got. I said, I just seen stuff going everywhere. And uh, so I go back. It was like three or four days later. I go back and put cameras out. I think I took 13 cameras in there in that area. Nuh-uh. And I took the same path that I walked in there that day with them dogs. And literally, I think there was two deer tracks on that whole mountain that I seen that day. Huh. One of them was about that big, which obviously was a, a big you know a big deer mature deer's track yeah and then i seen a little small maybe like a doe or a yearling or something and i put the cameras out and lo and behold just boom boom they start lighting up and it didn't it took me a three or four days maybe a week to figure out on the cameras because i was watching him where like, he's traveling yeah i, was, I had him <clears throat> I, I literally had him like boom this camera would light up and and an hour and a half later Boom, this camera would light up. And not to cut you off there, but the cameras, of course, he's referring to are wireless trail cameras that, yes. you know, you get to your phone. Obviously, he's not going in there every day and yes. checking them. I had a couple conventional, what we call conventional cameras, which you have to check, but I never, you know, I never, I put them out, but I didn't get them until after I killed the deer because I wasn't going back in there. And, uh, but like I said, it took me, it took about a week to really figure out what he was doing. And, uh, and he was still kind of, it was early, and he was still going up into that grass, you know, that was on the ridge. And I knew I knew what he was doing by that time, you know, because of the cameras. And uh, I had the perfect setup. I'm. I know you all don't eat, like the way you hunt there, uh, spotting, stalking. You don't have it. You don't have to worry about it. But tree stand hunting access is a big thing. Right. How you're going to get in to and from. You know, because I'm like, the way we hunt down here, 
you got you know the terrain you got hollers and big deep ravines and you know i feel like if i if i go up that say that holler if that deer's in that holler he knows i'm in there you know what i'm saying right. he knows uh if you walk right down through if you know in a lot of places around here you're you're kind of stuck you don't have access you you know if he's in a certain area well i can't hunt him there because i can't get to him without him knowing it right um but this way i had the perfect i could walk up a creek bed and then there was a slick rock drain that went up and a little point laid off to the left of it and i could literally slip up that slick rock drain and i had my stand hung right on the crest of that point a hundred yards around from that point was where i seen him bedded at and that's where he kept you know and i know that he was bedding right in that same area every day just from the cameras um and i slipped up there and i hung a stand that day and it was raining and i was texting my brother and i said i don't i sat there probably till that evening i got in there it was 12 30 one o'clock i hung the stand and i sat there that evening and it was 30 or 45 minutes prior to what i would normally get out you know what i'm saying and i i told my brother i said i think i've i've possibility i've maybe spooked him or something hanging that stand i'm gonna go ahead and get out well i went ahead and got out and right where i hung that stand is where the there was a, a trail going up to that grass right and i got out walked back down slipped out of there i got to my foiler my phone went off with the cell camera and he just passed through there so i missed him by like 10 minutes that day <laughs> so that was a heartbreak but i knew it was just a matter of time you know and uh I skipped the next morning because I didn't, he wasn't traveling right there in the morning time. Uh, and that was great for me because I'm an evening guy. Nah, come on, man. <laughs> Zach like to sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I slipped back in there the next evening and, uh, man, just, it was, literally it was boring because there was, there was no game on that side of that mountain. There was nothing there for him. Yeah. He was literally like pretty much the only, you know, there was there was game. He deer. was there. He was there to sleep, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. And if you were going to see a deer, it, or it was going to be him. Exactly. Yeah. And you hear a lot of people talk about that when it comes to hunting buck beds and stuff. It's when you're hunting one, you know, it's not going to be the most exciting because you're not hunting some big open field right. of clover or something yep. like you know you might be normally hunting. You're hunting, you know, that's you're hunting a spot, you yep. know, and you're waiting for him to come through that spot. Yep, that's exactly what happened. I mean, when that, I knew in my head when I when I heard something coming, and the way it was, like I said, it was so steep right there. I couldn't see nowhere. I could probably see twenty five yards, maybe, at at the furthest, and and it was just boom, straight off. Yeah. And it was all it was was just like a little nook in that point, you know. And I heard something, and I knew, like Kirk said, I knew what it was. It had to be, and boom he popped up and he was right there looking right at me at 20 yards you know it was so steep i had the buddies make fun of me i used four tree steps in that tree that i was in that's how high it was but to him i was 40 feet above him yeah but i was literally eight ten feet in that tree i could have jumped out ain't no doubt about it on the high side yeah yeah well i mean on the low side on the low side yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's i mean it was just part of some of the terrain that you hunt and some of the things you got to do i definitely wouldn't want to take a picture of and show anybody that i hunted that place uh, <laughs> and the drop time buck was the same way that's what i was gonna say i know you guys have seen it 
because of I don't know if you've seen it or not, but when hog hunting. No, uh, I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I left that stand in that tree, and and everybody was like, you know, ain't no way you killed that buck there. I did. I didn't want to, but it was just it's the way it worked out. It's the way it worked out exactly. I didn't have no other choice. Uh, so, but it was that was that buck. It it was funny. I mean, just the way it worked out. I it, the way the dogs and you know and people didn't believe that. They was like, man, how how did you do that? And, lucky it was luck to be to be walking around through there with dogs how many times is that deer going to lay there and them dogs walk right. within 15 feet of him yeah you know and, and him just lay right there and me get a but that's an advantage of um bear hunting too is we, we cover so much ground yep. and see so much game you do uh while we're running our dogs and it gives you an idea you know there there's a buck and you know you're seeing them off in a distance. You're not, you're not bumping them. Yeah, but too, and then and you know most people are like, you know, of course we're bear hunting. It's during deer season. Most people are like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go in that thicket. There might be, I don't want to mess up those deer. But we're like, oh, there could be a bear in that thicket. Let's go yeah. right through it. <laughs> and it's it's hard to convince. And it's kind of getting off subject with what you just said. It's hard to convince other deer hunters that our hounds aren't going to bother the deer. Yeah. Yeah, oh, they they yeah. they might bump them, but they're not going they're not going to run them, right. and those deer are going to be right back in the same area. Right, yeah, and it ain't like we're like going to that area every single day. Yeah, like we we might be going through there. You know, I mean, usually if we, we walk hounds on a ridge, it might be one time that season. And we're, there's so many different areas we got. Well, and if you go through there, it ain't like you're you're beagling right there in that ticket. That's right. You're you moving might be on in in an hour. We might be ten miles from there. Yeah. You know? But I mean that's that's a a great advantage of hound hunting and bear hunting with us is we cover so much train and we can kind of scout as we're hunting. Yeah, if you pay and attention, it, and it worked out absolutely uh, for you, big time. And and you go we bear hunting, we do we go a lot of places. Not necessarily that that we would say no, we're not going to go in there because of the deer, but just places in general that you normally wouldn't walk. You that's know? right. And just like that place, if I wouldn't have been in there with them dogs, You'd have never I would have never went in there right. after a deer because I would have never dreamed that there would have been a deer on that side of that mountain. And and there was a couple a couple guys that I found out later on that contacted me after I killed that deer that had been after that deer on the back side of that mountain. And uh, and they you know they had to, what the problem was is the deer disappeared on them through his summer patterns and stuff. They had him a lot just. You know, they had three or four years of pictures of him and sheds and stuff. And after I got to talking to him, that and I told him where that I ended up killing the deer at, they was like, "Oh my, why?" I said, "Well, that that's the only that was his that was a place he felt comfortable." Yeah. And and those guys are on the other side, and we say the other side, but it was in their back door. Yeah. I mean, you're only talking five, seven hundred yards. Yeah. Yeah. When we say these guys were seeing it here every summer, picking sheds up in the winter, and then in, in the fall it moved away. Yeah, probably because of pressure. More, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, he disappeared off off the top. Well, the top had access. Right. You know, that's uh, what I'm saying. I mean, he probably got pressured out. Yeah. Thinking about it, and then he goes down in the hole where you killed him. That's exactly what it was. 
and that's why they never saw him. Yep. He just he you know he laid down there and, and like you know in the summertime, well you know how it is you you got like up on them ridges, there's a lot of roads and and people riding and not necessarily hunting pressure, but a big mature buck like that he'll get tired of that eventually. He don't like he don't like seeing every time he pops up in a certain area there's somebody there a human you know, they don't like that for too long just like he did he just he would come up there and then when the pressure would get on up there he just and i would say them three or four years that them boys had him you know and had the sheds and all that stuff i'd say he done that same thing every year yep. and they they would they thought exactly what i would have thought had i not actually been down there on foot and seen him you know i'm not going down there I mean, you can look down in there from the ridge, and you can see what it looks like. It's a disaster. Yeah, I've been in there. It's awful. I've I've walked that face several times, and I would never think, because there's not any. I mean, there's hardwoods in there, but there's not a hard, lot of hardwoods in there. Uh, uh, most of what's in there is, is red oaks, mm-hmm. and you know, a deer's got to be practically starving. You know, our deer, you know, they like white oaks the most. Yeah. And the little pin oaks. And, and the stuff. pin oaks. Um, but them big red oaks or chest, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. That, you know, they throw a nut that big. That's the ones that, you know, people see laying in the ridge roads and stuff, and, and they'll lay there and rot. Squirrels will cut around on them. Uh, but there was literally, other than that, there was nothing in there for them to eat. Nothing. Yeah. Zach mentioned when he was going through his story of killing that big buck that, um, the access to and in and out of his stand location, and I talk about it all the time with with Kirk and Jay. Uh, since we've been ground hunting so much, is access is just as important, or even more important for for me. I mean, I I talk, went on about it with Zach from THP on their podcast for probably ten minutes of. That's like my big thing on ground hunting is learning the terrain because the being able to move unless you're out you know in the wide open is learning all the little crevices and ditches the the hills and everything that can that can it's all conceal your conceal your movement it's all advantages uh, whenever you're you're you know and that and that's something else that goes back for us bear hunting. You learn a lot of that. If That's it, exactly right. If nothing else, you learn the way that stuff lays. Yeah. And, right. and you know, people think we're just riding in trucks. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> to get those bears started in December, you know, you can't bait in West Virginia, so you can't run them off bait piles or anything. We're getting out, and, and exactly how we found that big buck, we're getting out, walking benches, ridges, stuff, you know, and we're just walking, walking, walking in god-awful places looking for that big bear that, that you know, he ain't moving. But just like what I was saying with terrain, just like the other day, Saturday, when we were running, you were constantly putting waypoints in your GPS yep. to give you terrain features yep. that are recognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do it very much anymore because my GPS is so old, and I bet you there's, I don't know how many waypoints it's in mine, but I'm constantly yeah. putting something in there for a terrain feature. Right. And you learn so much when you're out there on the ground bear hunting. Right. And these bear hunters, like both of them, Chad, Craig, Bucky, Donnie, they all know. It, it blows my mind. 
when I started bear hunting with them. They would be, you know, whatever, wherever we're at, they could tell you exactly what holler it was, and they all knew what it was and stuff, and they can tell you all these little things. Well, I don't know all these hollers because I ain't been hunting with them as long, and I don't know all these, you know, this ridge line, that, whatever. This white oak. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm dropping, I'm dropping waypoints, and uh, so when, so we got dogs running there, I can say, hey, it's in, uh, you know, cheeseburger holler or whatever. Yeah, you know? That's right. But that's the same thing that you're doing scouting for deer especially for us on the ground, um, is finding terrain features to help you move yeah. and get and close that distance. Yeah. And like I said, like that the buck that I just described, it's sometimes it's something just a subtle, just like that little slick rock drain. Oh, yeah. That mountain was so steep, I would have had to literally clawed my way up it. And you can imagine how loud that's going to be. And I know I'm right there. I'm... I'm within, you know, real short distance of where he his core bedding area. And had it not been for that slick rock drain, there's no way that I could get up that mountain from the creek level and get in that stand without him knowing it. There's no way. And that slick rock allowed me to just slip right up through there, get on the level, and then I had 50 yards to ease around, you know, through the leaves and brush yeah. to get up in that stand. And but you minimized in that fifty yards. You minimized the disturbance and noise that you're going to make. That was it. Yeah. Because you're probably pretty quiet going up that drain. Yeah. I mean, it's literally it's a slick rock. You know, yeah. And it, you just you don't even make a sound unless you fall. You got to kind of watch that because if you fall, you're going back to the bottom. But uh, but that that was the the sole reason that I was able to kill that deer. Not saying that I couldn't have killed him somewhere else. But to to be able to to spot him one day and then a week and a half from that day or whatever it was, be able to be on him and and get a you know get an arrow in him, that was because of the access. Yeah, and uh, it, because of that little drain. Uh, and another example of what um, he's talking about, as far as like uh, uh, running a dogs or you know um, and finding a deer. Uh, last year, I had hung a camera in an area. And I got this buck that was in velvet in October. And I thought, oh, that's strange because usually what is it around like the 10th of September? That first week in September, they start losing their velvet. Well, I knew something was up with them. And, of course, I'm like, is it a doe? Is it a buck with, you know, no gonads? Like, what's what's up? So I, I pulled the camera because it wasn't a very big deer. It wasn't something I was interested in really killing at the time. Well, in December, I still had, you know, a couple tags. And I'm like, that's a deer I'd kill now. So I go and hang a camera, and I get pictures of him. You know, of course, I'll pop them up for you all if you're watching on YouTube. But uh, I get pictures of this deer, and he's still in velvet. When I get pics of another buck in there that's hard-horned, of course. And uh, I ended up not killing him. I went in there, and I hunted a couple times, and I never saw him while I was in there. Well, earlier this year, I was uh, running my dog through this area, my, my dog Bliss, and I was just running her behind the four-wheeler trying to get her in shape. And I look up on the hillside. I'm in that area. And I see two bucks looking down at me. And uh, they were just, I mean, it was in April when they had just started growing their antlers, and I couldn't tell much about them. But then I was like, man, I bet it's, it's, those are the two bucks I had in that area uh, in, back in December. And I was thinking one of them, of course, is the velvet buck. Well, I went in there just the other day, and I'll play the footage for you all. Uh, they were bare in the same exact place, bed in the same area. And I went, and my, my goal was just to bump them with the four-wheeler. 
because where they're at, they can just drop over the other side of the ridge. And I went through there. They saw me. I got my camera up because I was ready. I was waiting on them. And I uh, got them on video. They're feeding on the hillside. And, uh, and then you, just yesterday, I went and hung a camera. Instead of last year, I was hunting them. When I went in there to try to hunt them in December, I was riding that four-wheeler trail through there and then getting off my four-wheeler, you know, walking however far, and then going on down the ridge, and, and, and I was getting pics of them when I wasn't in there. So that was telling me those deer are bedding right there. And, and, you know, of course, I was thinking, well, you know, they might move in the fall, but I had them there last year in October, and then I had them there in December. So those aren't kind of deer that they stay in that area. They don't mm -hmm. leave, you know, from the summertime. So hopefully y'all get to see in the early season I, I can kill one of those deer. But, yeah, I know exactly where they're bedding at, and, and I just got a camera in and there. And you've changed – you've decided to change your access. Right, yeah, I'm not that's, obviously. That's, that's the thing. Is right. Last year those deer probably watched you walk in. Oh, guaranteed. And this year after learning what you did last year and then this spring, by being out there with your dog and getting her in shape, that – you've changed your access point. Right. And we're not saying, guys, that you got to run dogs to kill big deer. No. <laughs> we're it's just, just a, it's a, it's just a, it's an advantage. Right. It's an advantage for us. We're yeah. just, yeah. we're in the people woods so much. People don't realize that, but we're, we're out there all the time. And then yeah. once Labor Day, once our season comes in, we're in the woods every day. Yeah. yeah. And you just learn so much. Uh, all right. Well, you guys want to talk about, um, like I said earlier, we were going to discuss. Uh, by the way, guys, Zach didn't know he was actually going to be on the podcast today. And we did say that we would just do a podcast whenever and wherever. And Kirk called me and said, hey, let's do a podcast at your office. So I'm at my office working. Zach came up, thought he was just coming up to BS. Yeah, yeah, I thought I was just going <laughs> to hang out for a little bit. I actually sold Kirk a dog box. Yeah, and, I got uh, a dog box. Sorry. Yeah, and then they said, hey, you're going – you remember the video of me killing the buck with the ghillie suit? Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. And then, so here we are now. And, and honestly, this has been great content, just getting to hear Zach talk about that deer. That yeah, and his, and, his, and his take on how he approaches his deer hunting. Yeah. Um, when me, I like using glass looking at them through binoculars, spotting scope, checking the wind, and going. Right. And, uh, and and we say, of course, that's aggressive. But obviously the way Zach killed that deer was pretty daggone aggressive. Yeah. yeah I mean, you jumped him. It's just in a different – Well, when right. you're going into a, a buck's bedding area to kill him, I mean, that's pretty aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, most people won't do that. Yeah. You know, most traditional, even, you know, just say say tree stand type guys, uh, most – they're not going to do that. If they, they find out, outside. If they find out where he's bedding at, that's the place they are not going to go. Sometimes, sometimes you can't. You know, we discussed it. You can't, you know, for access right. points or whatever. Depending you on where you at. can't do it. But in that particular case, I knew I could do it. So that's why I barged in there, you know. And that's what I find the way you guys hunt intriguing too, because I don't, I don't do that as much. I'm not opposed to it. I just haven't had that. I'd say opportunity to right. do it, and that's why I like I like watching like the you know the video we're going to discuss here. Well, see for me, if I, I thought it was if awesome. I, if I have a if I see a deer bed, like I'm 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 going into the bedding area, no matter if I bump him or not. <laughs> well, that goes back to your you know what opportunist, mean? right? Yeah, and, and, and two, it like I if that's me, you know, 
I'm bumping Curly. I, I watch. I'm watching Curly run off. If it's you, you're just watching that nine point. Wait, is Curly a deer you're referring to? I'm just just refer- using just, it as a nine. Okay. Just an example. Yeah. Like okay. you know, I, I I'm I know it's Curly going through there. You know, I'm like, gone, I just bumped Curly. Well, Josh, his opportunist, he <laughs> is. You know, he's just like, well, there was a nine point. I liked him. Yeah. Maybe I'll see him again. You know. Right. And, and in my head, I'm like, Ugh. yeah. And see for me, I'm just like, hey. Let's go glass some more, Kurt. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Right, and too, but, you know, the big difference is there is you were targeting, you know, that that buck. Uh, and when when Josh, we're not, you know, the way that, that we hunt a little bit different than Zach is our goal is to get, you know, we don't really care. We're not targeting those 170-inch deer. I mean, if we see them, we're going to go after them. But – if we see a 130-inch deer, that's where Josh is getting at. He's an opportunist. Like, Zach, you're probably not going to shoot that deer. No, I'm not. Um, in, in, but, and it goes back to, like, what you just said. I, I That's just the way that I've done it. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right, yeah. No. Yeah. We're just, I mean, a lot of times we're trying to, you know, we're happy with those deer, first of all. But we're trying to get some content. And and we're going to go from, you know, we know we're going to be hunting Ohio. And we you know we got other tags to fill. So The way I look at it is, is like this. If. If that and that's what I've told my wife Shelby, if it makes your blood boil, and that's gets you exactly excited, right. Pour it on him. That's right. what I say when I look at a deer and I say, "Hey, let's get after him." I don't, you know, and it, like Josh, if he sees, well, what did your deer score last year? One forty, one forty-five, one forty-six. You know that one hundred forty-five inch deer. It might not, it might not make my blood boil, yeah. make and get me all tore up. It definitely got me excited, but it got him excited, and that's exact. That's what it's all about. Right? Is you know, if if that's what if that's what you like, and you you see that buck that you think, hey, put your name on him. Yeah, that's exactly right, and and that's why I don't ever. Um, I might not agree with some people's outdoor opinions, but I'm not going to ever bash or. You know all out disagree with somebody as long as they're doing it legal, whatever's yeah. in your state, do it. If you're feeding, feed. Uh, if you're hunting from a blind stand, whatever. I know I heard you talk talk to Zach from Hunting Public about that, and you know you you what you just said. You you know if it's legal and you're doing it, we're all together. That's it, you know? man. And and that's the same thing. Like you know, if it if you like it, pour it on him. It might not tickle my fancy, but that's, that's right. why I'm chasing these other deer. You know, or 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 whatever it might be that you're doing. You know, if, if you're doing it legal, have at it. Yeah, that's why these the deer that uh, I killed last year. Um, we've talked about it, and you know, I, in the video it talks about being on that deer that morning. But we had I had stalked on that deer a week before. Yep, maybe a week and a half. Him and a deer we called Splits, um, which I wasn't a proponent. I mean, I would have killed Splits. And probably could could have slung an arrow at him at forty yards, um, but the the grass was real high. But I was that was a deer that I was really looking forward to growing until this year. Yeah, I mean he had a lot of potential because he he had you yeah. know when you see that deer he was probably one hundred and thirty five. Yeah, mid high one thirties. Yeah, and guys, if you you know if you're just listening there and you can't see the deer. Uh, he's got split G2s and then split a split brows. Yeah, 
Does he have split? Yeah, brows? Yeah, split brows and split G two. And then one, he's and got then a split one, three. And then one split three. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, real high deer, real good looking deer, but I really thought he'd blow up this year. Yeah. Now, we had already decided if we got the opportunity. If we got the opportunity. The right opportunity. Yeah, if Kirk was behind the bow, because Kirk was like, I, w- I would like to kill that deer. Yeah, of course Kirk would. <laughs> you know, and it, we're for that. Um, but I stalked on him and the eight point that I killed one morning a week before, and Jay was sick that morning. Um, and I got within, I think, 35, 40 yards of him, and they kind of meandered off, and uh, Jay was sick. So we went ahead and got out of there. Um Hey, by the way, I don't think he has split brow tiles. I'm telling you, I don't think so. Nah. Well, maybe it's just his twos and then one three. Yeah, but it, I mean that's that's three splits on yeah. sometimes. That's a lot. Well, you hit, you know you it, like you look at the buck Josh killed, and you look at that buck. You know the buck Josh killed was a 145 inch deer, and you if you put them, I, I think there's actually clips of both of them in, yeah. in the same. Oh yeah, in the same. Yeah. And you can tell. Just by looking at them, the difference in the in the potential yeah. of deer to deer. You, even though the deer, the buck you killed was ten or fifteen inches bigger, this buck over here he had he had more oh. potential. Uh, you know, I would have liked to have seen him this year, but he ended up getting killed in late season. Yeah, that's, uh, that's part of it too, and that's what happens. And uh, and you know, I mean, I, I guess you could say I was right. We should have killed him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I think we did have a couple opportunities. Yeah. Jay and I did. Um, we and, can't and, admit that Kirk was right, though. And we passed him because um, Kirk wasn't with us that day. And then oh, that's why those deer left, and we didn't see them for a week, maybe longer, and they were staying up on top all fall. Um, and then a, a cool morning. We got on those deer again in the same exact place. Um, and, I mean, we really – they went out of feeding and got into the uh, real thick, brushy stuff. Yeah, most likely bedding down for, yeah. for the day. Well, I told Jazz that, hey, we're, we're, going, we're going in there after them. And this, they were still on their feet, and um, we circled all the way around and dropped in below them. This is in the afternoon. No, right? this is in the morning. Oh, okay. That morning, yeah. When we were on them, uh, they had crossed over and went to that backside where it's real nasty. And Jay said, "Well, they'll be back up this evening." And I said, "We're gonna go now. The deer are there now." And we went down there and got, you know, we got footage of them. And I, Jay, kind of stayed back, and I moved towards him. We got that the eight I killed. We watched him do a, make a scrape. Man, he was just tearing bushes all up. And uh, they walked, there was like a dike in front of me, like 35 yards. And they walked right behind that dike and back up to where I was originally on them. So we let them get to the brush. And I told Jay, come on, come on. And it's like noon. Before you go on, can you explain what a dike is? Because... Most people are not thinking. I didn't know what a dike was until I started hanging around Josh. Yeah, Josh is the only one that really uses that term frequently. Yeah. Okay, so he's so not talking about the people that. Yeah, I'm not talking about people-wise dikes. I'm talking about a, a water dike. 
It comes from his profession. Um, yeah, and it does. And so, like, I know most of y'all watching this aren't like, I don't know. I know what one dike is, and it can't be what he's talking about. So, we, so <laughs> where we hunt, there are, uh, there are sediment ditches all along these places we hunt. And in order to separate the water flow, we put water dikes in um, with little spillways on it so the water can transfer from one cell to another. And there was a big dike holding the water in. They stayed right behind it. <laughs> uh, a big dike. I mean, there's no good way of saying that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just a water dike. It's a, it's a water, uh, water control structure. And, but those deer walked up, and, I mean, as soon as they topped up, then I could, I could see them glassing. I said, come on, let's go. He's like, man, they're gone. I said, they're right back up where we started, you know. But we got up on top, and we watched a couple of the does walk into an area. And we we decided to back off at that point. And like I said, I think we rode around and glassed some more areas. I took a nap, obviously. Jay filmed it. Yeah, um, I mean, Josh, that's that's part of that's that is part of the hunt. Anywhere you go, Josh is nap time. That's exactly right. I I do like to catch a uh, a midday nap. And uh, Jay and I were talking about it, and I was like, I want to go back in there. And he was like, You want to just wait out here? Where, for them to f- come back and feed. And I was like, no, I want to go where we saw those does. I want to go in there. And I said, we'll just go get up on top there on that knob. And I said, I want to, we'll glass from there. But I want to get in there with them. And the wind, and you can see it in the, in the video, the wind was just swirling up on top. It wasn't blowing any one direction. It was just sw- typical southern West Virginia wind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was blowing 20, 25. And I'm telling you, Jay and I hadn't got into the that thick stuff, um, that terrain. And, you know, we're in chest deep. It's kind of like CRP, but just not all the briars. Yeah, it is. That's about the best way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, just not all the briars and um, – I saw his. I saw a, a reflection in the sun, and he jumped up, and I said, "I told Jay there he is." And he just stood there. Then he bounced out, and I think I don't know if Jay would roll. I can't remember, but he was like, "Dag on," you know, there he goes. Yeah, I don't think he got that on video. Yeah, and I was like, "Dude, we're, we're going, we're going after him. He he knows we're here." But there was a bunch of things that was in our favor. Uh, one, the wind was crazy. The sun was directly behind us from where the deer went to. And as far away, before you go on about that, as far as the wind being crazy, you mean like loud? Oh, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, like I said, it's 20, 25 miles an hour, and it's blowing through that high grass, making all kinds of rustling noise. Yeah. Uh, since getting blown everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it was blowing at our back when the deer was walking away, and I said, I said, if he's going to bust us, he's going to bust us here in about 15 seconds. And, man, he was 60, 75 yards from us, and he and the wind was blowing right at him. And, man, he never perked up, never missed a beat. He just kept his walk, never stopped to smell or nothing. I said, yeah, we're going to go after him. You know, we're going to take a, try to take advantage of this. Right, and something that Josh hasn't mentioned yet, he was also, you were also wearing a ghillie suit, right? Yeah, I had made it 
the day before. Yeah. So, I mean, he's out there, I mean, smelling like Elmer's glue. Yeah. Uh, and burlap <laughs> and jute. Uh, and I had made, it spent 12 hours the day before my house making that suit. I'm um, sure that wasn't 12 straight hours. It was pretty close. Really? Yes. I'm sure there's a few beers. Oh no, that, no, I, I probably there, had a beverage. There yeah. were a few, few beverages, and I'm sure Stacy cooked. And, and nap time. Nap, you, you know there was nap time. So <laughs> you, you know he's lying right there because he didn't involve nap time. Right, and it's October, so I know he's probably keeping up with fantasy football. Absolutely. You know, there was a lot going on there, guys. A lot of in, that, in that 12-hour so period. So I. I you all got it broke down. I might have had seven hours. Okay, so there we go. Okay. Right there. We're Don't all... get discouraged, guys. If you want to make your own homemade ghillie <laughs> suit, it's literally not a 12-hour shift. Right. It, it can be done in probably half that time, I would say. Yeah, right. and you all can, uh, the listeners can go on our YouTube channel, and we've got a video on there of how I made the ghillie suit that I'm wearing. Yeah, in the video. I mean, it's a, it's not that ghillie suit, but it's it's one just like that. So, right. Uh, and then, of course, in the video, guys, if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, um, in the description uh, below, I'm going to have links to anything we're referring to. You can go and, and watch. Yeah. Um, so that deer, like I said, we, we've got the wind, the sun's at our back, and I've got my ghillie suit on. Yeah. I uh, love two of them variables right there that, you know, I haven't had, I haven't done the ghillie suit much, but I watch, you know, obviously watch you do it and it works. But the wind the noise oh. that you're talking about um that that makes a big difference doing what you all do i mean that that's a big difference yeah because i mean it's not like we got one person going at the deer we have two yeah yeah and jay didn't have a ghillie suit on he just he's hidden behind me i mean he's staying right up on my back and then with- and and this stuff that, that you know i know you described to the listeners how it was crp ish and it's loud yeah if it's calm and you're trying to it's ease, tough it's loud yeah. yeah there's nothing you can wear to really either way you're gonna be making noise that's yeah. right and so, uh, so go on tell us i mean like you see the deer there and, and he, he's well he did he walks away from us and he's probably 125 yards from us yeah well heck he stops and he starts making a scrape yeah and and rubbing branches and i was like Man, he he might not know we're here. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean he, he has to know you. You can see in the video. I remember editing it. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? I know y'all are watching it thinking, what in the world is going on? He's looking right at you, and that ghillie suit had you just – it was like it was like he had an invisible cloak on him, and, and, like, he knew something was there, but, like, he could not tell what it was. Well, I talked to Harry Potter the night before <laughs> yeah. and borrowed his cloak. Okay. But, no, I honestly – I think us being in the shadows with the sun at our back and, you know, if you hold my ghillie suit up, the sun, the sun comes through it. It's not like it's a big black bob. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he knew something was there. Oh, he. I mean, he had to. Well, I, I mean, I, I agree, but he didn't have a clue. What it was. That it, that it was death. Yeah, it was Josh Elderton. Yeah, he didn't know because, he, I mean – he didn't we're, know it was the Deathly Hallows standing behind him. Yeah, I mean, because we're we're aggressively moving towards him. I mean, uh-huh. I'm on my knee and I'm scooting. Yeah, and it ain't like you can see in the video. It ain't like there's a uh, there's like a big tree in between you all that you're using to you know. I'm put. actually trying to get to 
that tree right there. Yeah. I mean, the listeners can't see it, but if you go watch the video, I keep on telling Jay, if I can get there and get across the road, we've got a real chance. Right. But then the craziest thing in the world happens. That sucker turns, and he's looking at us. Uh, he knows that something's there. But he is so intrigued, I guess. Yeah. He's fixated on what? I, I don't know. I, I, he, he's rubbing his tarsal glands together. You can tell. I mean, obviously, he's a fired-up buck. Rut's about to come in, and he was in stupid mode, you know, because he's rubbing his tarsal glands together. He grunts on video one time. But this is October 17th. You know, oh, it but, is? Yeah, I thought it was later. No, it that. wasn't late. It was October 17th, but oh. and Splits hadn't showed back up or any of those he was with that morning. But I agree with you. I mean, he was I jacked up. that he wanted to know who was. Well, this is, I know if you watch uh, the Untamed videos, you, you've heard Kirk refer to, not knocking your buck because, you know, this deer, you can obviously tell he's a mature deer. But I know everybody's heard Kirk refer to the dumb two-year-old, the turkeys. Yeah. That's the turkeys, you know, you love the dumb two-year-old. You, yeah. You've referred to it several times, and that's what this deer was almost acting like. Right, but he like, was—he definitely wasn't a two-year-old. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, in terms of turkey, yeah. But it's like he was in that mindset that those two-year-olds, those birds have where they come yeah. in, like, thinking they're the biggest bad thing ever. I mean, he was, he was, you can hear him. He's rubbing his tarsal glands. He's making scrapes. He's, he's peeing grunting. on them. He's grunting. He's doing all the stuff that you He's not like spooked whatsoever. No, yeah. I mean, no. He, he looks like your outdoor channel hunter up there in the tree, doing all his his magic, you know, yeah. little turning the can over and all that crazy stuff. He's doing all that. Yeah, and I mean, then then you know, that egg sucker starts walking right to me, right to you, and and you hadn't made any vocalizations or anything. No, correct? I turned I turned to Jay and said, you know, he was like, turn around, and he's he's walking with his <laughs> ears pinned, you know, his and ears I, are pinned and back. I was like. Can I turn back around? Because I wanted everybody to know what was going on. Because like I was tripping out. Yeah. You know, I was like, this really ain't gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> and then at like thirty yards, I said he's gonna get. I said be ready. I said he's gonna go left or right. And I said he's most likely going back to the bedding area. I said I'm gonna shoot him when he gets broadside to me. A lot of times, a buck like this too. If you know, if you, which obviously this doesn't happen. I mean, this is a uh, – it, it blew my mind when I watched the video. But a lot of times a buck like this, when he gets – he's like he's coming at you. You said he's coming at you. He's 30 yards. A lot of times you don't get that opportunity because he'll bolt, you know. And that's that's what I told Jay. I was like – then he – so he crosses the road, and I'm like, it's probably not going to happen. I'm thinking – He's going to get so close. Yeah. And, you, and we're talking, what are you referring to as a road? Just like a, it's an old. Like, no, not a road road. There's a old trail that goes right, through there right. to, uh, for the, uh, to check the reclaim out through there. Right. Um, but this deer, he comes in. I'm like, then I start thinking, at, you know, when he's off, I was like, this gonna, we might have a chance to see him. But then he closed the distance on, and we closed the distance on him. I was like, He's getting ready to bolt. And the thing is, is, what's fascinating about this video is, he's not. You're not in a. He's not feeding. You know, a lot. Sometimes this might happen if you're hunting on the ground and and he's. You just. You get. You think this deer's going to be on. You know, he's feeding up this certain trail right. or angle, angling up the hill, when, and but, you get too close and you're and you're actually in his line yeah. accidentally. But this deer, 
He's not feeding. He's yeah. he's coming at you. He's coming to check us out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and you can see. I mean, look how what's he talked about the wind in this right here when the deer is right in front of you. The wind is going nuts. Yeah. I mean, all all the the plant, the, you know, the greenery in front of him. Yeah, you can watch the sage. Watch it. It's just like back and forth, back and forth. Looks like a flag, literally just. And you can tell Josh, you know, but he's getting in right there. I mean, how close was he when you when he, you shoot him? He's he was twenty yards, and. You can see that deer comes, and it's like he he takes his head down to either pick or smell or something. I jerk back right there. Yeah. That split second. Yeah. When he says jerk, he drew his bow I, back. I drew my bow. He jerked it back. Guarantee it. <laughs> Quick, because he and like if y'all are listening, the deer put his head down for just a split second, and then boom. And then I shot him at 14 steps. Yeah. Um, and it was a frontal shot. Right, and that's and of course that's something you don't see. You it's know, something that Josh would never do, <laughs> had it not been fourteen yeah, steps. Exactly. Yeah, I knew that deer was getting ready to bolt. Right. He was not. I I don't know if that deer would. I would have liked to done it again to see how close he'd get. Yeah. But I don't think I'd have got a shot. Yeah. By doing that, um, but I I I put a. Uh, if he'd got any closer, he would have definitely got your old spice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, he definitely would probably smell the degree, and it's probably uncertain to say what's in that beard. <laughs> yeah. Smell wise, I mean, yeah. it's probably uh, look at that hot dog cheese from Brody's basketball game the night before. Yeah, but there's a lot. I mean, we there were several people that had, that said I shouldn't have took the shot. Right. Um, I mean, but like you said, you were you were it was, there was 14 steps in front of you, um, and and you felt comfortable, obviously. I would I would take the shot again tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I mean, the deer didn't hardly go anywhere. He went about 80 yards. Yeah. Uh, total. Um, we tracked him up and uh, took out his windpipe and his carotid artery and esophagus and everything else. I mean, it oh, was. Oh, I mean, you know, this day and time with the bows that we all shoot and the, the equipment and the accessories and the broadheads and, you know, it eliminates – not not encouraging people to take that shot, but you felt comfortable with it, and you knew the stuff that you had. You could you could eliminate him pretty fast right there. I mean, there wasn't yeah, no I'm way. not going to encourage taking a frontal shot, but, but I'm not going to discourage it either. Right, he's going to say, you know, know your abilities. And, That's exactly and, and right. When you take that shot, be comfortable. Yeah. Well, you know, a broadside shot, you got room for error. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. And I always told my wife, you got room, you know, I explained her to shoot, where to shoot at on a, on a line, you know, from his shoulder to his ribs. And I, and I explained why you, you know, with her low poundage bow, I, I always tell her to shoot for the big part of the ribs. Yeah. Don't hug the shoulder. Well, of course you're kind of taking the heart out of play there, but if you shoot, if she does shoot left, say, and left being towards the hip, she's still got liver, back of lungs. That's right. If she shoots I mean, to the gut, right. A gut shot kills a deer. Yeah. If she shoots to the right, then she's actually tucked right behind the shoulder, which is perfect. Right. But if she's aiming right behind that shoulder and she shoots right, she's, you know. In the blade. Yeah. So that's, you know, it's all about. Like, and if she gets unlucky and puts one through the guts, just like. Give it time. You're We've gonna, all done it. You're going to kill a deer if you shoot it in the guts. Now, do you aim for the guts? No. The key to recovering that deer when you shoot one of the guts 
is letting it lay. Right. Because it, it ain't gonna it ain't gonna run far. Right. Because it hurts. Yeah. It's gonna lay down. I mean, but if, now if you bump it. If you put an arrow through anything's guts, it's going to die. Yeah. It's not, obviously, like you said, it's not where you aim. It's not the most humane way to kill them. And, and like you. It's you an accident. Right. You shoot a deer in the guts. You know, you got to wait overnight. You should wait overnight. You know, you're right risking the meat spoiling. You're, you know, you're risking coyotes getting it and stuff. But when you do, when you do shoot him in the guts, you should wait. Because, like, for my deer in Ohio, I hit that deer high. We weren't for sure. Uh, Jay and I went in, you know, early. I mean, we went in and just looked at the initial blood, then backed back out. Josh and I came over the next yeah. day. He had went in there. I can't remember really how far it was, but oh, it, wasn't, I, it wasn't far at I all. I bet you from the where you shot the deer to where I found him, what, a hundred yards? Yeah, and he just went in there and bedded down. That's exactly right. And, and then it took him probably a little bit of time, but he expired. And I got lucky. I was still able to eat the meat. Uh, coyotes hadn't got him, but you know that's not always the case. That yep. makes for a restless night sometimes. But, oh yeah, but it's Kirk worth was it. real restless. Yeah. yeah, I mean you you will you right. will be, but right. yeah. Sometimes and, you you know. Josh didn't help it when he told me he had yeah, wasted time we just wasting a hunting day. Yeah, after he had found the deer. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. found yeah. Like all the things that were going through my mind I at think that you point. Said no, I didn't. No, he yeah. was wanting to. I yeah. think you. I think you said a few. You no, may he, have he, called he Josh. He called name. me a DH. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. About three times. Yeah, yeah. But that deer. On that that deer I ended up killing, I think that hunters ought to do that more often. Yeah. Well, to one. get aggressive and go. Because a lot of people, they jumped that deer out of his bed. Curiosity and, killed that deer. And that's a, Oh, I, I said that. Uh, I mean, it, that's, it had to have. Uh, um, but there were several deer that we killed last year on the ground that a lot of people would have just backed up and said, man, I'm glad we got to see that deer today. Yeah. Um, you don't know. They're wild animals. That's right. I mean, you don't, you know, people want to act like they know everything about them, and they do to a certain point. But sometimes, you know, they're wild for a reason. Yeah. You don't know exactly 100% what they're going to do. Right, and there's more than one way to successfully hunt a deer. You know, you, there's no, you don't have to do it one way. You got to find your style and what fits for you. For us, a lot of times, we 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 get aggressive and we try to kill them as quick as possible, field tags, get content, and uh, yeah, I mean, and there's some people that like like targeting maybe one buck a year and they try to kill that big buck. It just depends on what you like doing, and uh, yeah, you just got to like, do it. We know what you like. I like opportunity because yeah. I mean I had. We probably had a half a dozen deer bigger than that. Yeah. Last year, that were coming were coming through our cameras pretty yeah. regularly. But, but, and I'd have shot any of them. But if I look at it and I see it, I'm gonna go after it. Right. <laughs> right. And two, and you know, not to get that that Josh. Because you can see, my, I mean, it got me really excited. You know. I, yeah. And and like I was saying, uh, Josh doesn't only hunt this way. He also he also hunts out of tree stands. Y'all see, oh, when him and Jay got to Ohio, yeah, they were using uh, climbers quite a bit and just bouncing, 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 you know, because in Ohio in November, you know, in that particular area, it gets crazy in November. Well, and that's another, that's why I was, when we were talking about it earlier with Zach is we would get in our climbers and the deer weren't by us. We, we would look across the CRP or uh, across the bean field and, they might be 
all kinds of deer activity 200 yards from us. Well, we packed our crap up. I think we moved eight times that week. <laughs> um, and you had some super close calls. Oh. Crazy. Um, and it was just getting in that area for that time of season. You know, even tree stand hunting, I, I, I tend to get a little aggressive, but there's a reason those deer are in that area. Yeah. That sense in there. Even if you bump those deer when you move in there, that scent's still there. I mean, another cruising buck could possibly come through, and that's my thought is who cares about the studs we just saw if we bump them out. That, yeah, you're saying that hot doe could bring another but buck that, through there. But that scent that's in there and you get another cruising buck, he, that buck you haven't seen might come in there now. Oh, well, yeah. Let that, me is that area... You know, like he said, some people, they target one particular buck. Well, in that certain case, in that area, you don't know what buck you're targeting. Yeah. Because you don't know where he come from or how That's far exactly he That's exactly right. You know, and you might bump this deer now, but they might be one twice his size comes through there in 30 minutes. Yeah. And that, and that's that was that's kind of our thought out there is, you know, we'd always go back and forth. You want to move? You want to move? Yeah, let's move. Well, he, let me ask you this, Josh. Do you, looking back on it now and the way you're going to hunt it this year and stuff, do you regret moving so much as as, as in like finding a funnel and sticking to it and hunting it day, day, day after day after day? Even though you're seeing bucks on the perimeter and stuff, you're moving around and you're, it's like you're chasing them, but you're always there, you know, a day late, a dollar short. Now, I'd probably do the same thing. One thing that I, I, I would do differently um, that I backed off on because I think the camera is the more aggressive shots that I normally take. Yeah. Um, I didn't take those this year. Yeah, you. I mean, there was – and it's not like they were in brush or something. They were just a little bit out of – My comfort zone. Right. And you could have taken the shot, but you just elected not to. Right. And I think that that's the change I make. And then um, I will probably – hunt on the ground more yeah and and, in Ohio. and the one day y'all were going on lunch or something yeah we were, we were leaving to go to the other side the other side of the property and jay shot a buck in no man's land hit it just a touch high and there was hardly any blood yeah and it was a really big deer then you say it had like three brow tines on yeah. each side and you, you know, can't really tell from that from the video but and we didn't have our buck. ghillie suits or anything with us we're yeah. just it was in a crp field and it's exactly right it was in crp and uh you can move around in it uh, he was on the ground. Oh yeah, and they weren't. They weren't. They weren't trying to ground hunt. Y'all just saw. No, the buck. we we had all of our stuff, and I we had actually stopped. And Jay said, "I was like, dude, I'm dying, sweating." He's like, "We'll just sit here, since we're going to the other side of the farm. I'll walk up and get the side by side, and I'll come back down here and pick all, all the stuff up and pick you up." And I was like, "Sounds great." <laughs> And I, I hear something, and I look, and Jay's running back down to me. He was like, monster, monster. So I went up there with him and looked, and he said, what do you think? And we had two rolls between us, and I said, let's go after him. Uh, wind was in our favor, and um, Jay got a shot off. You know, wished he could have been a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, but... That was one of those another another situation where we got aggressive, and I think we'll take advantage of those more. Right, you learned this that year. Because um, when I first started hunting out there with Jay, 
I told him, I said, I'm going to hunt on the ground this afternoon. He's like, people don't hunt on the ground in Ohio, Josh. <laughs> they, it's, it's not possible. Uh, you know, they, they don't do it. And I was like, well, I just want to learn. So I just hunted all afternoon. And, gosh, I think I saw I don't know how many deer. And, actually, Jay was five or 600 yards from me. And I said, hey, you got a real nice eight-point. It's coming up that draw that I kind of sent bumped out of there. He knew something was over there, but then the wind was in his direction and bumped him out and uh, went right by Jay. And then I had a, a stud of a 10-point that evening on the ground. And it got to the point where I was like, all right, I'm going to have to draw back and start walking to him. When he stands up, I'm going to be ready to shoot. But that deer bound out like a mule deer. He never saw what I was, never stood up to look. I mean, he came out of his bed and gone. Kind of like the big buck that Trace was, you and Trace was after. Yep. That's what that mm -hmm. deer did. Yeah. That's what, mo I mean, that's what happens a lot of times, you know. And uh, When a buck, if you're trying to, especially if you're trying to stalk a buck and him embedded down, a lot of times a big mature buck like that, he realizes something ain't right. It might not, it might be a sound, it might be a whiff of something, Uh He's gone, you know. Oh yeah, boom. He don't check up. Yeah, and that and that and that's that's one of those. Um, it's not a disadvantage of ground hunting, but that's one of the things that can that you've got to know when when you're ground hunting that that happens. You, you, you are going to bump deer. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. But you, I feel like you're gonna, you know, you might see more deer because of that strategy. So yeah, you win some you lose some. There's pros gonna, and cons to everything. You're gonna have more opportunity on the ground. Right. Um, just depends on what you define as opportunity but if you know to me being able to see them and even think about strategizing to get a stalk on them you know that's an opportunity that's right when in the way that i usually hunt you know sitting in a tree stand some people call it boring it's probably more boring to use and it you know than it is but to i me. can do it right if, it, if it's what if it that's what it takes if that's the strategy that that's needed hey well, and probably 90% of the people that are listening slash watching this podcast only hunt out of tree stands. Yeah. yeah. And and I, and I don't care a bit yeah. to hunt out of a tree stand. Right. It's about, like you said, you, we're just trying to maximize our opportunity. Yeah. You know, if if, if we, it, that's the reason we ground hunt, because we feel like we are maximizing, it's giving us the best shot to kill a deer. But if it, if we need to hunt in a stand, absolutely. Yeah. We'll go climb up in one. But we're getting up, we're about an hour and 11 minutes in. JC, see Zach, you said, what are we going to talk about? He said, he said, how long is this going to last? And I said, an hour or so. He said, good Lord. He said, what are we going to talk about for that long? <laughs> and here we are, fast. hour and 15 minutes, because we're talking about something we all have a passion for. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I know, Josh, you got to get Brody to his baseball practice, right? Yeah, we, I got to go from work here and go do my duties as a dad and go to baseball practice. Yeah. And I'm going to go home and uh, go get this video edited. Let's see. Today is uh, July 29th, so it'll be up this evening, guys, if you're watching. We just recorded this today. You got a big uh, new Monday. dog box. You gotta... I got a dog box. I got to get off Zach's truck and get it on mine, hopefully, you know. And y'all y'all might as well get used to seeing Zach's ugly mug. He'll he'll probably be on video. He better be. Quite a bit from here on out. He better be. I, I hope he is if we can get him out of bed. Yeah. Oh, and his wife, right. Shelby, is a, a, a heck of a hunter, too, right. starting. And it's normally Shelby. You know, Shelby, 
we're glad Shelby got Zach introduced into hunting and she takes him along with yeah. him. You know, it's, and it's we're going to try, Kirk and I talked about it, and it might have mentioned it to you, but we're going to do a podcast and go back and do uh, Shelby's hunt from last year. Right. And because uh, Zach recorded it and he recorded his older brother Craig, we want to do a podcast and a review of that hunt too yeah. and show it that yeah. way because they didn't have the complete footage and that way we can go back and definitely show the, the well, deer. Well, we had done that with we had done that with turkey hunting too. Right. Yeah, yeah. And if that's y'all exactly saw, right. If y'all saw our, you know our first hunt breakdown there with Zach and his and Shelby's turkeys and a turkey, I think. He and killed. it works out great. Yeah, yeah, and it's a real cool way. To, so you know this ain't yeah this ain't gonna be the last time you see Zach. That's for a daggone sure. Well, even at this, you know, these podcasts like this, I know they're you know. It's really not the traditional podcast because a lot of times, they, you know, these, these guys, they get on there and they just they kind of talk about whatever, you know, they got different subjects. But you're kind of referring to, I know we kind of got off subject at first, but you're referring to your video. Right. And that helps, you know, because I can guarantee you, I don't know how many views there was on your buck, but I would say 80 or 90% of them are, they all have questions of like. How in the, the same, world. Exactly. How in the world. Well, you're explaining yeah. it, you know. and, and Yeah. And that, that helps them with their visuals or what they're watching. You know, now they've got an idea of what went on there, you know. So. Yeah, and we love these podcast guys because we're able to elaborate and explain to you all. And I know there were some people that asked questions there. Uh, they, You know, we posted on our Instagram. Um, there's a lot of people, like 10 or, you know, 10 or 15 questions that we didn't get to on the last podcast. Um, probably, and most of those were hound-oriented questions. And so when we, in our next hound podcast, we're going to go through and uh, answer a bunch of those. But if you all have, uh, you asked one? I asked a question. And oh, it, I remember. And didn't it. get a response to. No, you didn't read the po- You didn't watch the podcast. I haven't. Did you respond? We I did. did. Did you? first one. That actually. was the first question yeah. that we <laughs> took care of. Yeah, that's the kind of people we have on our podcast. They don't actually watch our podcast, guys. So. I haven't watched that podcast. <laughs> I have not. I, okay. you are, I mean, it's about how we started doing Tamed. You know that. So. Yeah. But anyways, guys, we're going to wrap it up. I hope you all enjoyed our second podcast. Uh, you know, some different strategies. You got to hear from Zach, you got to hear from Josh, and you got to hear from my loud mouth. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a – I hope you all enjoyed it. But If you got any, any recommendations or questions you want to answer, shoot us on uh, message on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, or let com- us know. comment below if you're watching. Or on, comment uh, below on YouTube. Yeah, whatever you want to do. So, uh, yeah, thanks, guys, for listening in again. I'm tired of looking at you all.